Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. One of the things I love about Tag Preachers is that people bring the gospel in different ways. Yeah, the gospel sounds different coming out of different people's mouths. And, and one of the things I'm encouraged by is that all of us have a different way to share. And that as we hear from these three incredible people today, I believe that we will be encouraged, that we will be built up. We will be reminded that we can share the gospel as well, that we have something to share. We've been in the series, What Works? And so today we have Ashley, Caleb, and Ken, who are going to share a little bit of something that they have found for them in their own personal journey with God that works, yeah? So why don't you join me as we welcome Ashley to the pulpit today as she starts us off in this incredible tech bridge. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Let's make it feel welcome. Kia ora, guys. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, you guys have got nice faces. You can sit down, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and if I can see your faces, that would be so good. Oh. You're, at the moment, you're all red. It's really strange. <laughs> so I'm Ashley. I don't think I've met all of you, but I've probably met most of you. Um, so I um, was challenged by Jono asking me if I wanted to speak because um, speaking is scary, especially to lots of people. is quite scary. But um, as I was thinking about what practice I might like to share about, I was challenged by the thought, um, what practice do I actually consistently practice? <laughs> so I feel like I've got authority to actually speak about it, <laughs> which is kind of challenging because then you start thinking like, oh, I don't think I actually practice things quite consistently. <laughs> but um, anyway, I thought I'd share about prayer because prayer is so um, important and pivotal and it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, so personally, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with prayer. Um, it is really great when it's easy, when you've got all the words, when you can kind of feel God's spirit and you can kind of sense his heart about things, and that is that is super easy. But sometimes it's really hard, like you just don't have the words and it feels like you're just hitting a brick wall. Um, but those parts, those moments, I think are equally as important in prayer. Um, so I found that regardless of my attitude towards this practice, <laughs> um, like prayer has been so instrumental in my life, and I bet it's been super instrumental in all of your lives. Um, and it's some of, <laughs> sometimes when I've prayed the most feeble, feeble like half-hearted prayers, even when I haven't even had like much faith in my own prayer, and I thought, oh, no, I can't, you know, but I'll just pray it. Yes, you know, that's what you do, and that's what you believe in, but deep down you don't know if you quite believe in it, and God will move anyway. Like, it's, it's pretty cool. God is cool. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how long you can go walking with God without praying and talking to him. Like, it's very essential very, very essential to being a Christian. So it's also one of the most adaptable practices. Like you can pray wherever and whenever. You don't need mood lighting. You don't need music. You don't need like the night, yeah, the nice lights and, and stuff. You can pray wherever and you don't even have to pray with your mouth open. Like you can pray in a meeting when you're with other people. It's awesome. Like very adaptable. So on the other, like the flip side of that, you just need like a little bit of your attention, which can be really hard. <laughs> and, um, and it means that, yeah, you've got no excuse, which is also hard. <laughs> um, so in 1 Thess Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says to pray without ceasing. He encouraged us to persevere, to 
um, incorporate it into every part of our lives so that our hearts and our minds are just tuned towards him consistently. Um, And that means through the easy times and the struggles. So I grew up in a Christian home, and my mum is super Pentecostal. Like, so if you know any Pentecostals out there, like if you just mentioned she had a headache or a sore knee, she would be like laying her laying her hands on you and like praying for the fire fire of God. And it was it was intense. It was powerful, but but very intense. Um, and my mum is like a real passionate prayer warrior, <laughs> like which is really cool, um, but a little bit intimidating, especially when you're young and you're learning how to pray. <laughs> And so one of the things I inadvertently learnt from that was that I thought I wasn't good at prayer because I wasn't passionate and I wasn't very loud and I ran out of things to say really quickly. <laughs> like, so, um, so yeah, I've gone through this kind of journey of realizing that sometimes the way that we pray has more to do with our personality and our insecurities um, than the actual power and effectiveness behind our prayer. Um, So, like, for example, the volume and the amount of words you have to say does not determine the powerfulness of your prayer. The fact that you showed up with God and you were honest before him, that's probably just enough. He'll do what he wants. So Jesus said it in this way in Matthew 6, 6 to 8. So when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Keep your prayer simple and honest. Show up as yourself. If you're passionate and articulate like my mum, then do that. That's great. God loves that. And if you're more reserved like me, then don't let that get in the way either. Sometimes I need to remind myself of who I'm praying to. You are praying to the King of Kings, the Lord of all, and he's closer to to you than your very breath. Like he's so close. He knows more about what's going on in your heart and in this situation than you do. So, and also another thought, sorry, this is a bit disjointed, but that's kind of me. Um, One of the most surprising things I've found about prayer is how much it changes me. So we spend so much time, I guess, going into prayer with a list, and we're like, oh, we need to see you moving this and this and this. That would be really good. But sometimes when I I go in, it's like he takes the list away and he puts his list there. (laughs) And, And like I can go in burdened with my problems, and I come out burdened with his heart for things. And it's really weird. It's like he uses that moment to kind of transform you more and more and more into his likeness. So yeah, some, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So here's my encouragement. Keep your prayers honest and simple. Be yourself. Be open to having God shift your perspective and mold your character in the process and just do it. There's no shortcuts. Do five minutes in the car, five minutes by yourself, whenever, wherever, just try and incorporate it into your life. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) I think we have the wonderful Caleb next. Here we go. Good morning. Um, My name's Caleb, uh, husband of Penny, uh, 
father of Joshua and Timo. Um, and today I just wanted to talk about using the gift of tongues in everyday life. Um, so just a real fast theological introduction to tongues. Tongues were given to believers on the first day of Pentecost in Acts 2 verse 4 it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it turned up in the early church. And then what tongues is, is the Holy Spirit praying through us to God. So uh, in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 it says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. So that's the introduction for a deeper theological understanding of tongues. Pastor John O. <laughs> uh, so for... I received the gift of tongues at, at about the age of 10. Uh, one day I turned up to Sunday school in my little Anglican church and the teacher said um, that she'd talk to our parents and she had the go-ahead that even though it wasn't an officially sanctioned Anglican event, we were all going to get the gift of tongues today. <laughs> so, so we all, um, it was a small group of us, we all huddled around, prayed for each other and, and got the gift. Um, what, which was amazing, but uh, what it didn't come with was a lot of guidelines about what we had <laughs> or when to use it, uh, what to do with it. So my life has been kind of a, just a, a journey of continuing to understand uh, the depth and, and the use of praying in tongues. And so a couple of things for me to highlight of kind of for me, it's a, a way to pray when I don't know what to pray. And it's a way to pray when my mind is too busy to focus, when my mind's so wrapped up in other stuff, uh, I can just pray in tongues. And so I often use it when I'm driving or walking by myself. Um, so a couple of, couple of examples from my life or from where I've kind of uh, seen this or it's, it made a difference for me. So... This year we brought a house, we, we owned a house already, but we felt God kind of challenge us to buy something a bit bigger for us. So circumstances aligned that we stepped up and bought a house without having sold the other house that we lived in. And so there was this gap of three and a half months of owning two houses, but having the finances for one house, and feeling like... God had kind of told us to step out in this, but feeling really uh, uncertain and anxious. There's a lot of opinions on the housing market at the moment and mortgage rates and things. And so I, could, I would find myself getting more and more anxious and tense. And so uh, for me, uh, what happened was I would just stop sleeping at night. And so I would just get up and at two in the morning I'd go for a walk I was walking the streets of Christchurch praying in tongues and after an hour it, things would just kind of settle down I could go home, I could go to sleep and um, yeah there wasn't an easy season of life but it kind of worked, it, it just the peace came, you just got a sense of the bigness of God uh, out, of, out of just kind of the praying, it didn't happen in a minute, it took an hour usually but it, it did happen. And then um, my final story is uh, years ago, um, 
my wife and I were lying in bed and we got a message uh, to say that someone in our e-group had gone missing. Uh, he just um, sort of walked out on his family and they didn't know where he was. And so we did a kind of a half asleep kind of pray together for him, hope that he turns up. But I kind of, then Penny went, rolled over and she just went straight to sleep. <laughs> and, um, and I was just kind of left staring at the roof, just kind of feeling more and more of a, of a burden, like I didn't know where he was, what was going on, what the situation was, but just felt this burden. So I got up and I paced up and down in our lounge for half an hour until that just went away. And I was like, okay, I think I'm done. I think I can sleep now. So I went back to bed and slept, slept the rest of the night. When we got up the next day, we just kind of discovered that another message had come and about the time that I'd finished praying to say that he had got back in touch with his family. Yeah, so just, just things that when you don't know what to do, but you can say stuff that the spirit working through you knows what to pray to God. So my challenge to you, if you have the gift of tongues, do you use it? And if you don't, do you want it? There's um, all of us speaking today are on the prayer team. We're all going to be down the front afterwards. We can pray with you if you want it. But if you want to stir it up in your own life as well, it's a, it's a very powerful thing. Cool. And so finally, to wrap us up, here's Kent. Hey, hey, everyone. How's it going? I better undo that, otherwise my message is about to disappear. Hey, um, wasn't that awesome? Um, I'm Kent, if you don't know me. My wonderful wife is sitting up in the booth down the back. Um, and I have a daughter, Nicole, which you mostly all know, and Justin as well. Um, it's really interesting, you know, like you, got, you spoke on, on tongues and you spoke on prayer. When Pastor John said to me, can you do it? I said, yes, I can do this and come up with something instantly. And then I felt like maybe I should pray about it. <laughs> maybe I should speak in tongues. And so I spoke in tongues and I prayed for a little while and it was like, God was like, nope, your idea was not my plan. <laughs> so it was like, I'll give you something else. And so that's what I brought this morning. And um, what, he's, what I've brought is, is I've just got all in. I looked at my life as I was, you know, like I was praying, I thought, what is it that I practice? And I practice all in, which I would call sold out for Christ. Because I think God's like, hey, guys, I'll give you a heads up, a plan that works, something that will set your lives for success. And who knows that God has success written all over our lives. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Yeah. Now, I think the simple little key is so big that you can apply it to every area of your life. And, and Jesus modeled it. You know, you think about the feeding of the 5,000. He didn't go, oh, sorry, 3,000, you guys can just go home. <laughs> Not interested. No, he's like, actually, I'll feed you all and have leftovers. It was all in. You know, it was spoken about the, the wine, you know, Jesus' first miracle. He could have done rubbish wine. Or he could have just gone, no, actually, it's not my time. You can have water. But no, he was like, actually, I'm going to give you the very best. The very best. 
And think about the disciples. When Jesus called the disciples, he said, come and follow me. And what did they do? They just left everything and they were all in. You know, when we live in all, all in life, sold out life for God, it's the very best life we can live. It will help you succeed in every area of your life. It will overflow into your marriage, into your work, into your friends' lives. Every area is affected by being all in for Christ. So why all in? Why not just kind of sit down, have this comfortable Christian life where everything's just kind of smooth and okay? Well, I've got a couple of scriptures. Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Not just a little bit, not a fraction, not a part, but it says all. And then I've got this other scripture, Colossians 3.23, which somehow I've not actually seen before. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So it's kind of telling us it's not just all in for God at church, but we're to give that all as if we were doing that in our daily lives, in our workplace, in our marriages, because we are supposed to be seen as like not just in church, outside of these four walls. Hebrews 12:1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. You don't need perseverance if you're sitting in an armchair. If you just relax and you need perseverance when you are pushing through. We're pushing through those hard times. A marathon is a strenuous test of fitness and endurance. The race set before us requires faith and stamina and commitment and discipline in order to live faithfully. You know, living in all in life doesn't happen by chance. It's not just a, it happened, you know. It's actually a choice. Just like training for a marathon is a choice. If you don't train for a marathon and you do a marathon, I don't think you're going to get very far. Living our best life takes grit and determination. It takes patience, as Pastor Nick spoke of a few weeks back. It takes forgiveness. It takes prayer. It takes love. It takes scripture, as was spoken about last week, and the power of the Holy Spirit. See, living in all in life isn't easy, but I'll tell you, it's exciting. It's an exciting life to live, and it's powerful, and it's life-changing for both yourself and those around you. Just got a wee, kind of wee testimony about kind of being all in that doesn't start that way, okay? So when I was around 16, in very colorful and very unimaginative wording, I told my parents that I am never going to church again. You can kind of guess what that wording was. I said, I'm having nothing to do with church and I'm having nothing to do with God ever again. And my mum just kind of come beside me and she sat me down. She said, Kent, just one more time. Just one more time. You could see the tears in her eyes. Just one more time, Kent. Because it was a Sunday afternoon. We had a visiting speaker that night. And I said, 
I said, one more, that's it. One more. I went to church that night. I sat about two rows from the back of the church, grumbling. I had an angry Kent face on. I have no idea what the speaker spoke of because I was, I was really grumpy. Why am I here? Don't want to be here. So he gave an altar call. I have no idea what he spoke on other than obviously invited people up to the front because I was angry. I'm just waiting to get out those doors. And the next thing I remember was standing up the front. (laughs) I have no idea how I got there. I don't ever remember walking to the front of the church. I just remember standing there and the the preacher, because it wasn't just me, was going, oh, praise the Lord. And I'm like, what? What? What's this all about? And then I heard a voice. And it wasn't like lovey-dovey. It was, Kent, this is bigger than you. Get this sorted. But what happened next was I felt an incredible presence of God just pour upon me that night. That I had, I mean, I'd, I'd felt God before, but never like this. And, and I gave my heart to the Lord that night. I rededicated my life to Him. And I made a choice. I made a decision that night that no matter what happened around me, no matter what choices other people made, no matter what winds blew and storms kind of were created in church and outside of church, that that would never negatively affect my life with Jesus, my walk with Jesus ever again. And stuff happens. Stuff happens in and outside church life that tries to pull you this way and that way. But I decided I was all in that night. And I have never regretted that decision. And it's propelled me. There's been like momentum in my life because of that choice of being all in. And I tell you something, you will get asked to do crazy things that you never had the strength to do because you you need Jesus. You need God to do those things. And it will challenge you and it will stretch you, but it will build courage and character in your life. It will bring to the surface skills and talents that you never knew were in your life. Being all in kind of like fertilizes those seeds and they come to the surface and suddenly you're a song leader. Suddenly you're a kid's church. Suddenly you're an elder. Suddenly you're a pastor. pastor, You know, it's like, how? You ask a lot of pastors, and to start with, they couldn't even speak in front of people. It's, it's God, you know. It's the Holy Spirit. Man, an all-in life will challenge us. Yes, it will challenge you. But let me just, I just want to say this. The times that I have struggled, the times I've lost momentum, are the times when I've pulled back. The times when I've thought, Kent can do this. <laughs> you know, I can do that. I don't need the Holy Spirit's direction. Those are the times I've kind of lost momentum and I've kind of just kind of gone, what? You know, and you go, wait a minute, that's right. All in. Come on, Kent. Come on, get back into it. Get back into that prayer life. Get back into speaking in tongues. Get back into, into soaking in the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Oh, the band's there. I'll invite the, the band to come up. You know, Christian life is being, a, it's, it's about being active. It's about actually being proactive. 
you know, about building upon what God has established in our lives. It's about taking ground. It's about traction, not losing traction, but kind of gaining momentum. You know, this morning, I just want to say, if you feel like you've lost momentum, that your walk with Christ isn't exciting, that if you've lost purpose and you've lost direction, that I'd just like to say, I suggest that maybe, just maybe you haven't taken a hold of everything that God has for an all-in life with Christ, that there's actually a bit more to take a hold of. And maybe it's as simple as what was spoken of this morning about actually having a prayer life that doesn't just last for the few moments in the morning, but it's during the day. You know, as Caleb said, you know, at night, you know, getting into the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, maybe that is your area of breakthrough for your all in. About inviting the Holy Spirit afresh into your life. Maybe it's just as simple as actually finding a place to sit down and asking God's presence to wash over you afresh and actually just sit in His presence and let Him speak. Or maybe it's like me and it's time to actually make a choice, to make a decision that actually I'm not living all in for God and I can. You know, what we're going to do in, in a moment is we're just going to open up the altar, as Caleb said, and we would love to pray with you this morning. I mean, maybe it's something that we've spoken of this morning that you're like, yeah, actually, I want, I want prayer about actually getting a, a great prayer life. I want actually someone to stand and agree with me, to pray with me. Maybe it's about getting the, the gift of the Holy Spirit and actually praying in tongues. I mean, we're believing that the Holy Spirit will just touch people's lives this morning. Or maybe you just want to actually come up and you want to just kind of like rededicate your life to the Lord and go, yeah, actually, I want to be, I want to be living God's best life for me. You know, I believe that the altar is a powerful place where God touches lives. Um, so we're going to, they're going to, band's going to, lead us in a, in, a, in a worship song. We're going to open up uh, the altar this morning. And I just, I'd say, if you want prayer, don't hesitate. Come up. We've got great leaders as well that would, would love to pray for you. Um, Jono's going to pop up in a moment and he's just going to wrap it all up. But um, it's been a real privilege, hasn't it, guys, to actually speak here this morning. Um, and we, we love you guys and we take it as a real privilege to actually be able to speak. So bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.